at SAFM Radio and at Mesh Constant on SAFM. So this week I had a wonderful opportunity. We did it online, but nevertheless it was absolutely amazing. We went uh, into Chinese tea rituals, the eating of dim sum, and uh, focused on what those tea rituals were all about. One of the reasons we did it was because uh, we've just seen International Tea Drinking Day. So on the line with us we have uh, the person who really made my uh, experience really quite extraordinary. Yang Zhao is the founder of the Beijing Opera Pantry. It's currently in Johannesburg. It was in Cape Town, for those of you who know it. And Yang Zhao, thank you so much for joining us. Um. Yang, I want to start with um, the idea of tea drinking. Now, I know that uh, we've had International Tea Drinking Day, but one of the things that I saw recently was the importance of a tea-drinking ritual on wedding days. And I wonder if you could just uh, talk to us about that. Oh, I see. Okay. So um, so the tea-drinking ritual on a wedding day is basically when a couple who's, who are getting married, they will um, pour tea for the parents, for both sides, both ah. the, the parents of the groom and the bride. And then they will pour three there will be three pours to each set of parents. And then each with each pour, with each cup that they give to the parents, uh, there will be um, uh, uh, like something that's uh, said alongside that cup of tea. Like it's just basically like extending like gratitude towards like the blessing from the parents and like wishing. And, and then it, w- it would be like, that, um, you know, promising that they will take care of them even though they get married and they will live far away from them. And that kind of stuff. So it's like it's basically it's it's um yeah it's quite a it's quite a a, a, a core sort of event during um, a, a marriage. So at the wedding ceremony, there's like three pours for yes. each of the parents, and I suppose it's about yes. paying respect to the parents as well. Young, yes. One of the things um, we spoke about uh, during the tea pouring ceremony that we uh, took part in this week. Was the yes. idea of, of, of drinking tea not simply as a physical thing to quench your thirst, but also yes. the cultural aspect of it? And, and I suppose one could say the um, spiritual aspect of it as well. Talk to us about yes. that. Okay, so um, the practice of drinking tea, for example, um, you know, long time ago, well, even now, people um, living in the rural China, they would go into the field in the morning and they would work on the field and then they would um, and then they would take their lunch and the tea, like the little teapot, a little ceramic teapot that they would take with. And then during lunchtime, they would heat up their lunch, like they would make a fire outside and they would heat up their lunch and they would put tea inside this little ceramic pot or a clay pot. Actually, in the old days, it would be clay pot. And then they put it on fire and then they would cook, they would brew the tea. And that would be their break, the break time during work, right? And then, and and um, and then, you know, a lot of the people would say, if you if you head out in the morning, and you forget your tea, the clay pot, you will go home. You won't. The day is done. <laughs> because and also because, like, another reason is because the uh, well, Chinese tea or well, tea um, that's made from this particular leaf. Um, camellia sinensis is that they, it, it helps you uh, stay awake. So it's kind of like coffee per se. So like it's actually was very important as well to to sort of 
yeah, so it's sort of like to have the tea with them during the day. So that's like the one aspect of how important it is, um, how important drinking tea is for, for people. And then there's also in sort of like in the urban setting, um, it's a, a tea houses are very, like a very vital part of society. It's for people to socialize and, to, and stuff. So that's, um, so huh? that's why, yeah, that's why tea drinking is a very, much intrinsic uh, sort of, well, integral part of people's lives. I love the idea that tea is as, as strong as coffee, and if you don't have that little teapot, you might as well yes. go home. Str- I feel yeah, like yeah. that all the time. <laughs> my little clay teapot, what's the point? Young, um, you, yeah. One of the things that was part of the tea drinking process was um, the eating of dim sum. Yes. Now, many people may not know what dim sum is. Talk to us about it. They're little snacky things, and they're delicious. Oh, yes, they are just basically little bite-sized um, sort of snacks. And they came from a time um, during, um, I think it's about eight, 900 years ago when people would travel and trade. Yeah. So, like, I mean, one of the famous trade routes would be the Silk Road. So when people would actually, you know, there's no time to kind of sit sit um sit down and have lunch and like on your way on your travel so then people would normally pack um sort of like small bite-sized foods with them or there would be tea houses set along the road for people to sit down and have a quick cup of tea and dim sum like something to eat and and, to, and what would that dim sum be so um dim sum well dim sum is actually um a cantonese word and then it's Called if you directly translate them means touch and some means heart to so touch the heart just enough to touch the heart. Yeah. So it's like so. So the idea is just the 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 dim sum itself. It's just the 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 word itself. It's just to describe anything that's or the foods that are small. Um, so in different regions of China would have different types of dim sum. So you have the southern, which is what a lot of people are familiar with um, outside of China, which is your prawn dim sums and mm. your your pot stickers and your steamed dim sums. And then you, you know, if you if you travel up north, you have like little pancakes, spring onion pancakes and little chives, chives. Uh, they call it the chive boxes, which is also just like you know, a beautifully folded, like, pastry with, like, chives and a little bit of meat inside. Yeah. So, it's, it's, so dim sum is all kinds of, uh, basically, uh, tea snacks or snacks in the morning, or any time, actually, really. And then it's a small bit of food. Basically. So, so um, Young, Cape Town's loss is, of course, our gain, um, without a doubt. And um, you have come up from Cape Town. You were the founder of the Beijing Opera Dim Sum Eatery. Now, yes. you, pu- now you have the Beijing Opera Pantry. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the pantry. How pe- can people get hold of you? Where do they go to, etc.? Um, yes. So basically, we're currently um, online. Well, on Instagram, I'm currently both, um, just constructing the website. So, so um, people can uh, send me a private message on Instagram. It's Beijing Opera Pantry. And uh, all my information, their email address, and um, also my number. Or I would directly chat to whoever that needed to have any questions or wanted to place an order. And currently, we we also do private catering, private sh- uh, and uh, residences, and also um, um, some events, some pop up events. It's absolutely yeah. well worth it. I can. Uh 
shouted out, I mean, I missed the dim sum that I had the other day was absolutely delicious. And also just to talk about tea and the, the ritual of tea drinking was a really special occasion. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Yang Zhao is the founder of the Beijing Opera Pantry. And uh, you can just follow Beijing Opera Pantry. You can go to Instagram, look it up, and all her details are there. And uh, if you are in Cape Town, as I say, your loss is Joburg's gain. But uh, I'm sure you want to know more about it as well. It's 919.